Hello and welcome to our Bible teaching. We're going to continue our series tonight because we've been talking about God's dwelling place. We've been looking at some things related to the fact that God wants to show up. God wants to manifest. He wants to move through people. And in the series, we, we're looking at about uh, the fact that God has some amazing things he wants to do. I believe we're living in amazing days. And the move of God is not just theoretical. See, God, God's not just someone who stays in the distance he st or stays distant. And Christianity is not just about a philosophy. It is about a relationship with a real living God who shows up. And over and over in the Bible, we see that God moved. God did things in the natural realm. His glory showed up. He did miracles. So I believe in a God who shows up, not a God who just stays off somewhere in the distance. And many times Christians, all they've experienced is, is a one-sided relationship. And we hear about the fact that God is in us. God dwells in us. We're the temple of the Holy Spirit. You see, I believe God actually wants to do things. He wants to show up. He wants to manifest. And he wants to move. Now, there's, there's benefits in your own personal life. You see, the Holy Spirit lives in you. He can lead you. He can guide you. And, and he can answer your prayers. And I believe that. But this series, I'm focused very much on the fact that God wants to begin to move through his people on this earth. He wants to show up. He wants to demonstrate himself so, uh, through signs and wonders, but also in other ways. It's not the only way, but we've talked a lot about the miraculous. And last week we talked about signs and wonders. One person we've spoken about is a man called Peter. And we, uh, sorry, Stephen. <laughs> we did mention Peter. Stephen. And I'm going to I want to look at a scripture today that we've referred to a few times already. And we're going to build and we're going to look at some things specifically from this scripture. So Acts chapter six and verse eight. Now, I know we've read about Stephen before in this series, but that doesn't mean we've got everything out of these passages that we can get out. So open your heart to hear some things. Open your heart to 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 receive new things out of this scripture. There's still more insight. Even if I repeat some things, it's not just because we're trying to get it in here. We're trying to get it in our hearts. We're trying to get established in these truths. So Acts chapter 6 and verse 8 says this, And Stephen, full of faith and power, did great wonders and signs among the people. You know, and, and let's just talk about the signs and the wonders. Uh, God moved through Stephen in incredible ways. And throughout the Word of God, and last week we talked a bit about the miraculous and the signs and the incredible things. And if you'll open your heart, and if you if you if you, if you believe God and begin to realize God still does these things, some people some people have taught that the miraculous passed away. Some people have said, "Oh, you know, the supernatural doesn't happen anymore." And they even try to say tongues and all those kind of things don't happen anymore, and miracles don't happen anymore. Well, you know, if you're a Christian, you've already experienced a miracle. You were born again. You were transferred out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. And you were made a new creation in Christ Jesus. That's a miracle. And there's many other miracles. Uh, now, last week, we talked about the fact that there's some things in the Word of God that we see connected to, to the miraculous. And last week, we saw one of them was the Word of God. God confirms His Word. Over and over again, it shows the connection as they preached, as they taught the word of God. There's scriptures which say God bearing witness to what they were preaching, which was the word. Or in, in Mark 16, he confirmed his word with signs following. Uh, so, so people see that, think the miraculous passed away in the church. It was the other way around. What actually happened is that over time, once you, you know, after you get into the 300, 400 years of the start of the church, the, the, the church started developing doctrines and, 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 and those doctrines started infiltrating, which were not based upon the word of God. Man's opinions, man's ideas, religion began to get in and things were getting preached from the pulpit that were not the word of God. God doesn't confirm those things. God has not obliged himself to confirm our religious traditions and our opinions. So as the, as the teaching of the word lessened in the church, the miraculous lessened. It didn't go out completely. God's still done things at all points in church history. But the less word-based the church became, the less of the move of God and the less of the miraculous that happened. 
We need to understand there's a direct connection in Scripture between the Word of God and signs and wonders and miracles. We want more of the manifestation. We want more of God moving. We need more of the word of God. Sometimes people think, well, you know, all we need is more of the spirit of God. Well, I, I do agree. We need the move of the spirit of God. But what I'm trying to show you in this series, it's not just one thing. It's not just one factor. There's some people who think, well, you know, it's all on the spirit. And there's other people who think it's all on the word. We need to understand it is a combination of these things. And with where the church is these days, God is wanting to draw together these different factors. Uh, in this series, I've already mentioned some things. We talked about being full of the word, being full of faith, being full of the spirit and full of power. All of those four factors are important and, it, and being full of God is important. Now, let's look at our scripture here. Let's look at Stephen. And Stephen, full of faith and power. Let's ask ourselves a question. Is it relevant to that verse? Is, is the fact that he was full of faith and full of power relevant to the fact that great wonders and signs happened through him? Well, if it's not relevant, why did God put it in there? Why did God add in that additional information? Why did God tell us something about Stephen and point out this was a man who was full of these things? What began to happen? God began to manifest through his life. And, and, and you see some people say, oh, no, you know, God just shows up however he wants to. If God wants to do miracles, God just shows up and does miracles. I'm going to propose, I'm going to show you some things through the Word of God that, that I hope will begin to change some of your thinking on that in that way. Now, let me, put, let me put it to you this way. God is the one who does the miracles. God is the one who manifests. The power is from Him. I can't make a miracle happen. You can't make a miracle happen. Okay, We don't make the miracles happen. We don't make the power show up. We don't make things happen. That's God's part. And the power comes from him. He is the source of it. He is the one who pours out his spirit. Acts says, I, God talking, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. I will do signs and wonders and, and different things. And over and over in the, in, in the scriptures, and, and even the ones we, we, we read, Mark 16, it says God working with them and confirming his word. God was the one doing these things. So the miracles come from him. The power comes from him. I can't fake it. I can't make it happen. There's people have been trying to fake it. You can't fake the true supernatural power of God. Okay. However, this is a very big, important, however, although I can't make the miraculous happen, here's the question. Are there things that I can do which will place me in a better position for God to flow through? Are there things that I can do that put myself in a better position for him to begin to manifest and move through? Or is it just completely random? Does God just randomly choose people and just decide to show up in a miracle? Now, I believe I'm going to show you from the word of God that there are things we can do to make ourselves better vessels, to put ourselves in a better position that, for that God will begin to flow through. There are people in the church who say, oh, God, just when God wants to do it, he just pours out his spirit and does it. That's not scriptural. <laughs> that doesn't work according to the scriptures. God, I said this last week, God works through vessels. God works through people. And, and he works through people who who very, who have certain characteristics and who he can use in certain ways. And people say, I don't believe that. Okay. What about King Saul? God chose King Saul. God put him in position as king. But you know what? Saul did some things. He operated in a way that was not acceptable to God. And what happened? God said, right, I, I can't use you anymore. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. I thought God could use, just decide to use anyone. Why did God say to Saul, that's it, I reject you as king? Because of certain things Saul did, because of the way he was, he disqualified himself from being used. And then after Saul, God, God said, I, I, I say, he said, okay, I'm going to find another king. And it, the Bible says this, it says, God sought for a man after his own heart. The Bible doesn't say God just decided David's the man and he randomly chose him. God specifically went looking for certain very specific characteristics in the vessel that he wanted to use. And he found David. 
David's selection was not random. He found David, and why? Why did he choose to use him? Because David was the type of person God could do through what he wanted to do through. Now, if we want the miraculous, if we want the presence of God to manifest, we need to understand this. There are things that we can do. We can position ourselves. We can't make God use us. We can't force the miracle, but we can position ourselves where we are available as vessels for him to do more through. Some people say it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what, you know, God just decides to, to use whoever he wants to. Okay, here's a little exercise for you in the Bible. You go and study the Bible. Take your time. Go Genesis to Revelation if you want. Take the next five years doing it. Take a week. I don't mind. Go and check out in the Bible. You find me a vessel that God flowed through in the miraculous. You find someone in the Bible that God poured out his presence and he manifested through in power and he demonstrated himself through. You find someone in the Bible who God did that to and also that person was disobedient. They had no faith in God. They questioned everything God would do and everything God could do. And, and, and every time God gave them instruction, they disobeyed and wouldn't do it. And yet God still manifested through them and just did things. Here's the, here's the amazing thing. You won't find that vessel in the Bible. You will not find that. Do people say, oh, God just uses whoever he wants to? No, no. The people in the Bible that God flowed through, they were obedient. They were people that when God gave them an instruction, they did it. They were people who, who, who had certain characteristics that enabled God to flow through them. So, yes, the power, the miracle comes from him. But we can position ourselves in a way where we make ourselves available for him to do this. And I believe there's certain things that God's looking for. I believe there's certain things that God is endeavoring to, 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 to get into his people. Why? Because he wants these characteristics in us so that he can flow through us in, in a bigger way. Now, someone, you know, someone says this, oh, you know, it's all by the grace of God. I believe grace is a Bible message. The Bible talks about grace. I don't have a problem with the grace of God. You see, people say it's all by the grace of God. It doesn't really matter anything about you. No, 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 you're wrong. <laughs> Let me prove it. The Bible says Jesus in John 1.14 says Jesus was full of grace and truth. So Jesus was full of grace. Jesus was full of grace. And my mom's just said one of the things I'm about to say. She said God uses obedient people. Here we go. Was Jesus obedient? But I thought he was full of grace. I thought it was just all grace. No, the Bible says he was obedient. He humbled himself. And, and he was certainly an obedient vessel that God flowed through. So he, he was full of grace, but he was also a humble, yielded, obedient vessel. He didn't yield to sin and temptation. So you see, it's not just the fact that, that things just happen through someone by the grace of God. Jesus was a vessel that, that God could flow through in that way. And there's other people in the Bible. So we want to understand what are the types of things that are going to position me? What are the types of things that are going to enable God to use me in a bigger way? We've talked about some of them already. Last week we talked, if you want to be a person that God shows up through and manifests through, then you've got to be full of the word of God. The word of God's got to take its place in your life. You know, in the, a few weeks ago, I, I talked about the scriptures, which talk about being filled with the fullness of God. And we want to be filled with the fullness of God. What is the fullness of God? The fullness of God is God's everything. You know, the fullness of God, I can't think of a better way to word it. It is God's everything. It's all of him. It's everything he's got. <clears throat> the Bible says God is one with his word. Well, if you're going to be full with the fullness of God, then you can't be so if you leave out part of who he is. People say, oh, it only matters if you're full of the Spirit. No, 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 no. You will never be full of the fullness of God if you're only full of the Spirit of God. Because the Bible, Jesus said, my word must dwell in you. His word is one with us. Oh, sorry. He is one with his word. <laughs> okay. He is one with his word. And if we want the fullness of God in our lives, then we need to be, have all that he wants dwelling in us, dwelling in us. That includes the word. We can't exclude these things. There's some people that just want the move of the Holy Spirit. They don't want the Word of God. They want to push away and reject teaching, but they want the Spirit of God to move. It's not going to happen like that. It's not going to work like that. 
So in order to have the fullness of God, we need to be full of all the things that he wants us full of. And this is going to play a vital part of positioning us for him to begin to use us in a better way. You know, I was, think, I was thinking just as I was preparing today, um, I prepared some of the notes already, but I was thinking about some of these things. And, and I was reminded of the song. Some of you might know the song. It's, a, it's an old song. I don't know how old. I, don't, I didn't really look up the date it was written. But it was, I want to be more like you, Jesus. Okay? I want to be more like you. And one of the lines of the song says this, I want to be a vessel that you work through. I want to be a vessel that you work through. And I was just like, man, that's powerful. That is so powerful. That is a cry saying, God, I want to be the type of person that you can manifest yourself through. God wants to move. God wants to manifest, but he's looking for vessels. Like, let's look at some scriptures here. Now, I'm going, I've got a specific thing I want to talk about tonight, but I'm going to lay some foundation. Let's, let's go to 2 Timothy chapter 2. I want to just talk for a moment a bit about the vessel. Like I said, he's the one who does the miracles. He's the one who does the signs. But are there things that I can do that position myself better for him to do more through? And on the other hand, are there things that I can do that disqualify myself that make him less likely to use me? I'll show you some interesting things from the word of God tonight. So let's look at this. Second Timothy chapter 2 verse 20. But in a great house, there are not only vessels of gold and silver. Many of you have probably heard the scripture before, but again, it's still got some things to show us. In a great house, there are not only vessels of gold and silver, but also of wood and clay. Some for honor, some for dishonor. Someone reads that verse and they go, yeah, you know, I, I'm just I'm just one of the vessels of dishonor and there's nothing I can do about it. It's just the way God made me and, and it's just the way I'm always going to be. No, 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 no. Don't stop reading. Read the next verse. So he said there's some vessels for honor. There's some vessels for dishonor. The next verse says, therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from the latter. Now, the latter, when you talk about the former, you're talking about the first. When you talk about the latter, you're talking about the second. If anyone cleanses himself, who does the cleansing here? Because, oh, we're cleansed by the blood of Jesus. Yes, that's, by, that's biblically true. This verse is not talking about your salvation. And this verse doesn't say God cleansing you. It's talking about you doing some things. If anyone cleanses himself from the latter, what was the latter? Well, the form, former is the first. Latter is the second thing when you use the word former and latter. So let's go back and look. 2, two Timothy chapter 2, verse 20. But in a grace house, there are not only vessels of gold and silver. There's the former. But also of wood and clay. That's the, that's the latter. And then he repeats that the phraseology is referring to the same thing. Some for honor, that's the former, and some for dishonor, that's the latter. Okay? The latter are the vessels for dishonor. Now let's go back to 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 20. Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from the latter. In other words, you cleanse yourself from being a vessel for dishonor. He will be. A vessel for honor. He's telling you in this verse how to become a vessel for honor. Uh, you know, I read this one time and I realized this. This verse is showing nobody automatically starts as a vessel for honor. There's nobody that's born as the right vessel. Nobody starts as the right vessel. The vessels that become the vessels of honor are the ones who, who have cleansed themselves from being the vessel of dishonor. Everybody starts the wrong type of vessel. The only ones that become the vessels for honor are those who've gone through the process in verse 21. See, you need to realize none of us start the most usable vessel God has ever you ever found. Nobody is born and God says, wow, I've been waiting for them to be born. They are the one who's either just, okay, nobody but Jesus. Let's put it that way. <laughs> okay. None of us are the most usable vessel. But there are things that we can begin to do. There are areas we can begin to develop and grow in where we can become the kind of vessel that God flows through. Let's, let's look at some other things in this verse. If anyone cleanses himself from the latter, he will be a vessel for honor. You can become that vessel for honor if you want to. It, it doesn't say some have to stay the vessels of dishonor. Everybody has the potential to become a usable vessel in the kingdom of God. 
Now notice the next wording, sanctified and useful. Notice that word useful, useful for the master or useful for the master to the master. Okay. That Greek, the, 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 the word useful there in the Greek, it means this easy to make use of. I like that. Easy to make use of. You'll become, if, 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 if you will allow yourself, you can become the kind of vessel that God finds it easy to work through. God finds it easy and God says, man, that's, that's an easy person. I can do anything I want through them. So what are the things? I want to I know. I'm like, God, what is going to make me easy for you to use? I don't want God to look at me and say, man, it's hard using them. <laughs> man, it's difficult using that person. I want to find out what is going to bring me into the position to be the kind of vessel that God can begin to manifest his presence through on this earth. What are the characteristics, Lord? Show me. Show me what are the things that are going to make me more usable to you. Show me the things that are going to position me that you can manifest your power and your presence through. Yes, I can't make him do the sign and the wonder through me. That's that's up to him. But let me position myself as best as I can. And I believe God's looking for people who will prepare and position themselves. They'll be ready. And believe me, believe me this. I believe. I honestly believe from the bottom of my heart, God's looking for vessels to use. He's not going to say, oh, well, I know you did everything you got, you got yourself ready, but you know, I just don't feel like using you. He's looking for people to use. He's looking for people he can do, do things through. It is no coincidence. It is no coincidence whatsoever that in our opening scripture, it pointed out characteristics in Stephen. There were things that made, that positioned him to be used by God in this way. And Stephen, full of faith, full of power. We've seen in, in, in previously, it talked about him being full of the Spirit. And we've, we've also referred to being full of the Word. If you want to be if you're more useful to God, we've got to learn to become full of these things. We've got to position ourselves where more Word goes into our lives and more Spirit. You see, this is the thing. We don't want to just be Word people. We don't want to just be Spirit people. We want to be a combination of the both. We want all of these factors working in our lives. This is the day when these things work together. Can't push one away. You need to yield to both. But you see, if we will allow ourselves to become full of these things, I believe that these are major factors that will position us for God to begin to use us in a much more powerful way. And if we want more of God manifesting, we'll get serious about these things. We'll realize these are not little issues. Over and over in the New Testament, God talks about being people who are full, full, be filled with the Spirit. Let the Word of Christ dwell in you richly. Why does He keep saying these things? Because he is looking for a people who will arise, who will get full of these things so that he can begin to do the things through them that he wants to do. Now, I want to focus in for a moment. Now, don't tune out just because I tell you what I'm about to focus on. People say, oh, here he goes again. He's going to talk about that subject again. Let's look at Stephen. What, what things does it say he was full of? Full of faith and power. Now, last week I talked about the word building things on the word so that God, we've got to be a people of the word and we've got to speak the word of God boldly. Let's, let's look at the next one of these, full of faith. I've got some things I want to share with you. I want to show that are going to encourage you, going to stir you up. And I've titled tonight, a people who believe God. God is, I believe God is looking. He has been looking for hundreds and even thousands of years. For a people who will arise, who will believe him, not just individuals. So often we hear about individuals who believe God. And there's some wonderful teaching on that. I'm not against that. But God is looking for a corporate body, a group of believers who will begin to arise, who will be a people who will believe him, a people of faith. Imagine what, see, God did amazing things through Stephen because he was full of faith. Imagine what will happen if you get an, a, a whole church full of faith. Or a whole, a, not a whole country where the whole church believes God. My word. My word. God's looking for a people who will be a people who believe God. Who will take off the limitations. Who will say, I'm not going to question God anymore. I'm not going to limit what God can do. 
there's a lot of people in the church. I was thinking about this. There was a lot of there's a lot of people in the church who preach a God who can't and a God who won't. <laughs> God can't do this. God won't do this. Or a God who doesn't. There's a lot of people who want to tell you everything God won't do. Everything God doesn't do these days. Oh, God doesn't do this. Oh, God stopped this. Oh, God doesn't answer prayer. God won't do this. He can't do this. Who do you really think wants us as a church to believe God can't, won't, and doesn't? Certainly not God, because that's not in the Bible. The Bible doesn't present a message of a God who can't, doesn't, and won't. The enemy has wanted to build that into us. Why? He wants to, 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 to place limitations on what we believe about our God. He wants to place limitations that people begin to restrict him and limit what he can do. God has been looking for a people for generations who will believe him. Not just individuals who believe him, a people who will believe him. I'm going to show you this. There's individual faith, but there is a corporate faith. Corporate faith is when you've got a whole group of people who believe God. God can begin to do some amazing things through that. <coughs> so let's stop preaching a God who can't, won't, and doesn't. Let's begin to believe in and preach in a God who can and does and will. I believe God can do anything. Jesus said, "There's oh, uh, well, nothing is impossible for God. That scripture's over and over in the Bible. The scriptures, is anything too hard for God? No, nothing's too hard for my God. I believe he wants to do things. I believe he can do things. There's things he wants to do in your life. There's things he wants to do on this planet. So I'm not going to restrict him anymore. I'm not going to place restrictions anymore on my God. I'm going to rise up because I see in the word of God that God is on the search. He is on the search for a people who will believe him without limitation and who will people who will take the restrictions off. Let's look at some things. Go, go to Numbers chapter 14. Numbers chapter 14. Again, this might be a familiar passage. Don't tune out just because it's familiar. Let's see some things here. <clears throat> we hear so much about the children of Israel in the wilderness that we, we become dull to hearing more things. But I want to I I look at these scriptures through a new light today. I want to show you some things. Numbers 14, they, the children of Israel have just come to the verge of the promised land. They've just, they've just doubted God. They've just said, oh, no, it can't happen. See, they, they didn't believe in a God who could do it. And they, oh, no, are they with the giants and this limit. Oh, you see, this is why it's not going to happen. This is why it's not going to happen. Oh, there's all these reasons why it can't happen and why it isn't going to happen. Church is full of people like that. I tell you all the reasons God won't do something or God can't do something or God doesn't do anything, certain things anymore. But God was looking for a people who looked at that situation and said, God can do that and I know he will. So the children of Israel, they looked at that land and they said, no, it can't happen. They had the promise of God and yet they wouldn't accept that. They looked at what was going on around them. And as we know, what happened? God finally got, it, got, got fed up. He said, you're not going in. You can go back into the wilderness. <laughs> I'll raise up a generation that will believe me. And then this is Numbers 14 here. This is part of the discussion that happens between Moses and God after this. <coughs> Numbers 14, 11 says this. Then the Lord said to Moses, who's talking here? This is the Lord talking. This is God speaking. Now, my friend, when God speaks something, when God is the one doing the talking, listen, prick your ears up. Have respect for what God is saying and hear the heart of God in what he says in, in this verse. Don't just read over this. Oh, that's another verse of scripture. Let's go to the next one. Hear what God is saying. The Lord speaks up. The Lord says to Moses, how long will these people reject me? Is he talking about individuals? Yeah, is he talking about the whole lot of them? These people. He's talking about the corporate group. Now, within that group, there were individuals who believed God. There was Joshua. There was Caleb. And God mentions them later, and they got some benefits in their lives. But this is a corporate group of people who wouldn't rise up in faith and believe God. <clears throat> how long will these people reject me? And how long will they not believe me? Hear, what, hear the heart of God. 
with all the signs which I've performed among them. And believe me, the children of Israel, God did some of the most spectacular signs in the Bible. They woke up every single morning with breakfast on the ground, manna. It was laid out for them supernaturally by the power of God. Every single day, they saw the glory cloud. <clears throat> Not in a vision where they were seeing it in the realm of the spirit. It was there in the natural realm, visible in front of them. That cloud led them through the wilderness. Became a pillar of fire by night. This is these are people who saw the miraculous. They saw the Red Sea split. Some of the most incredible miracles in the Bible they saw. <coughs> and then they still wouldn't believe God. I can understand God's frustration. Here's his frustration here. Here is heart cry. He's referring to the whole group of them. And he says, how long will this people not believe me? Yeah, let me ask you this. <clears throat> Does God like how this people have behaved? Is he impressed? Is God sitting up in heaven going, oh, my word. Wow, I love that people. They're always talking about what I won't do and can't do. <laughs> no. No. He's not impressed with that. His heart is crying out. He is so, he, In this, I hear God, and you're going to see this in the next few verses, God beginning to say, when I'm searching, I am looking for a people who will arise, who will believe me. How long? That sounds like some of the things Jesus said. You know, Jesus said that about his disciples the one time. They couldn't help a guy. And Jesus said, how long will I be with you? <laughs> He's like, come on. You faithless bunch. <laughs> you see, that's the same kind of terminology that God used here. How, how long will they not believe me? This whole group of people, God is crying out. Their attitude is not okay with him. He's not okay with this. And people say, oh, well, you know, did God forgive them? Well, you know, you know, we hear a lot about forgiveness. God did actually forgive them, but I forgive them. But I'm going to show you something about this. God is looking, not just for individuals. And certainly, the only way you're going to get a people arise of faith is if you get a whole lot of individuals together who are of faith. The whole group, individually, people who believe God, add together to become a people who believe God. But God is looking for a people who will not provoke him, who will not question him, who will not disobey him, who will believe, who will believe him. He has always been looking for a people who will not hold back and who will go all out and not question anything that he can do. We've seen in the Bible what God can do through individuals when they believe God. David slew that Goliath because he said, my God can do this. And he will. What will happen when a people arise? Individuals of faith is one thing. A people of faith is another thing. God's talking about this whole group here. How long will this group of people not believe me? There's some places you can get in your individual faith. There's some places you can get as you as an individual believe God. But I believe there's places that it's going to take a bunch of us believing God to get to. Joshua and Caleb could not enter that land on their faith alone. Is an interesting one. They, it, it was going to take a whole group of them believing to enter that land. That's why they had to wait for the next generation. Until a people came with a leader of faith, Joshua rose, and the people went in believing God, and Joshua and Caleb were amongst them. There are some lines you cannot cross until you get into believing God. There's some lines you cannot cross. But here you had a, a corporate group of people who refused and wouldn't believe God. And God cried out, how long? See, there's some things that God wants to do on the planet right now. Let me put it to you this way. There are things that can happen in your own individual life if you become a person of faith. God will answer your prayers. You can believe God for things. You can get places. You can receive your healing. But there are things God wants to bring into this church, into his church, into this world through his church. That is going to take a people who begin to believe God, who begin to be like Stephen, full of faith, to begin to put our faith and believe God for things. 
not just in our personal lives, but for the glory of God to begin to manifest, for the manifestation of the Spirit of God, for God to show up. Now, in the wilderness, God did miracles. It's amazing what they experienced in the wilderness. This, we know this, people. They had God do miracles for them while they were in unbelief. A lot of the miracles they had, the, the Hebrews teaches the, these people were in unbelief. They had some miracles happen. People say, can you have miracles happen when you're in unbelief? Well, the, certain, the children of Israel certainly did. <laughs> the whole time they were in the wilderness, they wouldn't believe God, and God did things. But there's one line they couldn't cross in that condition, and that was the line between the wilderness and the promised land. They could not cross. There's certain places they could not get in that condition. And when they got to the verge of those things, because they wouldn't rise to the occasion, God said, back to the wilderness you go until the next generation arise who will. God's looking for a generation to arise. He has always been looking for a people to arise who will be a people of faith and who will trust him because these are the people who are going to step into some things. Now, let's go a little bit further. Look, look, look a little bit further in Numbers. So we saw the verse. I'll show it to you again. God said, how long? That's verse 11. How long will these people not believe me? And the conversation goes up uh, for a few more verses. And then Moses, please, he says, God, forgive these people. Please forgive them. What does God do? God said, no, I'm not going to forgive them. Now, notice what God says. Verse 20. Then the Lord said, I have pardoned according to your word. Moses said, God, forgive them. And, and God forgave them. He said, fine, I'll forgive them. And here's the interesting thing. That doesn't mean that, they, that God then let them go into the land. God forgave them. But they still went back into the wilderness. Why? See, there are some things. Being forgiven is one thing. Moving forward is another. God can forgive a person, but it doesn't necessarily mean he can take them forward into some things. Forgiveness often cleans the slate. But there are some things if you're going to advance in, some things are going to have to change. Some people might not like that because it's all about, oh, it's all right. I can live however I want to. I can do whatever I want to. I can doubt and question God. And, oh, just when I want to, God, forgive me. Do a miracle. Do a miracle. Do a miracle. People are living like that. They just think they can, get, they can just ride the forgiveness and the grace of God and never change. But you see, to, to, this is why I'm not talking about salvation. I'm talking about a people who begin to move forward. I'm talking about a people who rise up and become a people that God can move through in the vessels that God can do what he wants to do on this planet through. And in order to get there, we've got to rise up in some areas. We can't just always get it wrong and then say, well, God, forgive me. We're going to move past. See, this is, this is incredible. God says, look at what he says. There. The verse is, in, is on the screen in front of you. He says, the Lord says, I have pardoned. Fine, I'll forgive them, Moses. But, and in fact, it says, that the, the, the verse 21 actually starts with a but. God says, I will forgive them, but. <laughs> That's quite a shocking statement. Now, that doesn't mean his forgiveness was, was conditional. That doesn't mean he was saying, oh, I'm not going to. You see, we human beings, we say, oh, I'll forgive them, but I'll never forget. That's not what God's saying. God's but is, is quite important here. I want to show you some things. God says, fine, I will forgive them. I will pardon them for their unbelief. I will pardon them for questioning me. But truly, as I live. All the earth shall be filled with the glory of God. Now, when you read that, it looks and says, well, what's that got to do with anything? That's a great statement. All the earth shall be filled with the glory of God. What has that got to do with anything? Well, it doesn't make as much sense and tell you, and I actually didn't put this one up on the screen, but I'll read this to you. It doesn't make as much sense. The context of that phrase, but as truly as I live, all the earth shall be filled with the glory of the Lord. Doesn't make as much sense until you see the context of verse 20, 21, 22, and 23. In verse 20, he's talking about them, the children of Israel. I have pardoned them. Well, I've pardoned, but the them is there. I've pardoned according to your word. Verse 22, he goes back to talking about the children of Israel. He says, because all these men who have seen my glory and signs, which I did in Egypt and in the wilderness. And, and he goes back to talking about 
the children of Israel, the people. So verse 20 is talking about the people. Verse 22 is talking about the people. Verse 23 is talking about the people. In the middle of talking about a people who would not, would not do what? Would not believe him. Remember what he said all the way back in verse 11. How long will they not believe me? And while God is looking at this people who will not believe him, he throws out a but. I've pardoned them, but as I live. Now you better believe when God says, as, as I live, or as, in some places it says, as surely as I live, you better believe when God uses that phrase, God's never not going to be living. So that means that is absolute set in stone. When God says, as surely as I live or as I live, this is going to happen. You know it's going to happen. <laughs> There's no way it's not going to happen. Now, God doesn't have to say, as surely as I live, in order for his word to come to pass. His word is sure. Anything he says is sure. But he adds a lot of emphasis on this phrase. He said, fine, this people won't believe me. I will forgive them, but as surely as I live, or truly as I live, all the earth shall be filled with the glory of the Lord. And then right in the next verse, he goes back to talking, talking about the people again. Why is he saying this? Why? Why? Why is this so important? He's talking about a people who will not believe him. This is God saying, this people won't believe me, but let me tell you this. There will be a generation that will. There will be a people who will believe me. There will be a people that will rise on this earth that will put their faith and their confidence in me. And when that happens, my glory will manifest through that people. That's why he speaks this out. The earth will be filled with my glory. Not through that bunch. Because <laughs> they wouldn't believe God. He is connecting his glory, filling the earth to a people either believing him or not believing him. Now, you might not see that. You might question it. It's fine. You'd look at the verse. But I believe God is looking for a people who will rise up in faith, not just individuals. God is looking, like Stephen, for a people who are full of faith, who take the limitations off and who begin to say, God, I will not limit you. I will not question you. I will not doubt you. You have, there is no reason, no excuse to doubt you. And I'm going to not doubt you anymore, but I'm going to rise up. And I will believe you for anything. I will believe anything you say. I will not limit you anymore. And when that happens, I believe God begins to say, there, there, there. That's the people I've been talking about. That's the people that I will fill and manifest my glory through on this earth. He is looking for a people of faith. See, God forgave this people, but it doesn't mean he took them any further. He forgave them, but their journey stopped there. That's as far as they could get. They couldn't advance, even though they got forgiven. Now, hear me. There are many people here, they're wondering, they've been wondering in their spiritual life, why can't I move forward in areas? Why can't I get breakthroughs in areas? I thought God's a merciful, forgiving, loving God. I've asked for forgiveness. Yes, you can get forgiveness because God is a loving, gracious God. I have no problem with that. But if you want to move forward, that's a different matter. You want to take some steps forward. If you want to go deeper into the glory of God, deeper into the presence of God, we have got to become a people full of faith, full of the word, full of the spirit, full of the power of God. That God can begin to manifest and move through. Now, let's, let's look a little bit further here. This is the same passage. After talk, oh, that was verse, we've read verse uh, 2021. And I read to you parts of 22, 23. Notice what happens in verse 24. Verse 24. God turns his attention off the people. And he starts to talk about Caleb. And he says, but my servant Caleb. I love that. My servant. Previously, he's just said this people. And in fact, very often he said to Moses, your people, Moses. <laughs> That's your people down there sinning. That's your people down the bottom of the mountain. <laughs> but here he says, my servant, Caleb. Why does God take ownership of Caleb? Why? Because the next phrase, because he has a different spirit in him. 
God says there's something different about him. There's something different. He's different to the people. The people won't believe me. Caleb's different. Why? Why was Caleb different? Because he stood up and said, well, we can do this. God can get us in the land. This was a man of faith. This is a man who wouldn't question or restrict or limit God. Notice what God says. It says the rest of them can go back into the wilderness. I'll forgive them, but they're going backwards, not forwards. But he says, my servant Caleb, he's different. He has a different spirit in him. He has followed me fully. I will bring into the land. My servant Caleb, I will bring him in to the land where he went and his descendants shall inherit it. God said, that's the kind of man I'm going to take forward. Yes, Caleb couldn't get it right then because it needed a whole group of them. Crossing that line took a people of faith, not just an, an individual of faith. There's some lines you can cross in your own individual life. You can receive healing. You can get breakthroughs in your personal life. There's some lines it's going to take a group of us believing God. There's some things that we're going to have to enter into for a people of faith, a people who will believe God. For so long in the church, people have relied on the, the leader, the pastor, the, 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 the ministry leader being the person who believes God. While they just do whatever, it doesn't matter if I don't know how to get my prize answered and believe God, I'll just phone my pastor up and he can believe God. We've relied a lot on the faith of individuals, the praise of individuals. But God is looking for a people who will arise who will be full of him, full of his spirit, full of his word, full of faith. Because he is wanting to take us forward. Let's be different. Let's be like Caleb. Let's not look at the situations and then, oh, well, I just can't believe God. You know, I'll just phone my pastor. He can believe God. Uh -uh. No, no more. No more. No more. There's no time for that anymore. It's time for a people who begin to arise. Time for a people who begin to say, we will be a people of faith. We will take the limitations off. I will take personal, personal responsibility for learning how to believe God in my life and then believe God beyond that. And this message is not designed to, to, to condemn. This message is not designed to put people down. This message is not designed to, to make people, oh, you know, I've not been in faith. That means I'm never going to go forward. No, 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 no. You can you can go forward. This is the wonderful thing. Yes, there's grace. There is forgiveness. But you're not going to go forward if you don't start grabbing a hold of this. What's going to take you forward is beginning to grab a hold of an understanding of being a person full of faith, being a person full of the Word of God. I want to advance. And as I started tonight's message, we want to be a vessel. We want to be the type of person that he can move through. I'm not talking about your salvation here. You can receive Jesus and still go to heaven and ignore everything I've just said tonight. I'm talking about being used by God. I'm talking about the kind of vessels God flows through and the, God, the kind of vessels God manifests himself through on this planet. The kind of people who walk in the presence of God. And as I said, the reality of God's presence is what this series is about. You can be saved and go to heaven and never experience the presence of God in your life. Or maybe the occasional touch from God in church. Or you can begin to say, I want to be a person who walks in the reality that I am the temple of the Holy Spirit. And I want the Spirit of God to be able to manifest and show up through my life whenever he wants to. So I'm going to position myself to be the kind of person that he can do that through. And if that means he is looking for a people, a, a, a people of faith and as someone who will be full of faith and believe him, then I want that characteristic in my life. And I'm going to do everything I can to get it. Amen. So I trust this has encouraged you. Let's be like Caleb. Let's have a different spirit in us. Let's be a people who believe God. Let's be a people who rise up and say, we are going to be a people of faith. We are going to be a people who, who take the limitations off. I don't want to talk about a God who can't, won't, and doesn't. I want to talk about a God who can, does, and will. And have confidence in the fact of what he's going to do. Amen? So I trust today stirred you up. Uh, I haven't actually had a chance to 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 see some of the comments there, but I uh, see a few of them, amens, and that's right, and I agree. Praise God. Thank you. So I trust the series is stirring you up. 
And that's what my heart is, is to do. I don't, I'm, I'm not just wanting to, in a sense, preach theory and doctrine. Yeah, doctrine's good. I've got no problem about it. But this series is about us coming to the place where God is manifesting through us and God is showing up and we experience the manifest presence of God in our churches and in our lives. And we be a people that God's glory and God, God's presence operates through on this earth. So this series is designed to call us up higher, to move us up higher. We don't want to just hang around anymore in the places where God says, I can't take you any deeper. I'll forgive you. I love you, but I can't take you any deeper. We want to begin to start cleansing ourselves of those things like T Timothy talked about. No longer having those things. Let's move on from those things and let's begin to become vessels of honor that God can begin to move through and operate himself through. And it's going to take being full of the word saturating yourself in the word of God, allowing the word of God to get in and change your life full of the spirit of God, not just full of the word of God, full of faith and full of power. Amen. So God bless you. And thank you. Yes, Rosie, I see you. Thanks, Owen, stirring. Good. I am hope so. This is what this series is designed to do. And I want people to be stirred up and to get stirred up about the fact because God is wanting to do some things. And, and, and we're in a phase of preparation. <clears throat> God's getting us ready to do some things. So let's begin to respond and let's get more and more full. And I know some people are, so praise God. Anyway, so we're going to finish there in a second. I just want to let people know um, that, that there's some information up on the Facebook page and it's also gone up on the website about some online Bible courses that I'm going to be starting. And this is for people who want more. This is for people who say, I, I, you know, I put a lot, of, a lot of content out. I do the, I do these Live, uh, these live teachings, I do podcasts, there's other things that are available, but even in the meetings we do, but I know that there's people who want even more than that. So we're adding another thing on, online Bible courses where people can begin to subscribe and begin to study more and more of the Word of God through in a course structure. So if anyone's interested, that's available and you can find the information uh, about those. So and and they're starting in two weeks. So um, and it's not happening in six months. We're moving on this. We're getting these courses going. So if you want to subscribe to the first courses, <laughs> you can uh, check the Facebook page or message me or something for the link, and we'll send you where that is. So let's pray. Father, we thank you for the word of God. We thank you for the truth of the word of God. We thank you, Father God. We, we see in your word the type of people you're looking for and the type of people you want to move and you want to manifest through. And we want to be that kind of people, Father God. We want to position ourselves more and more to be the kind of vessel that you can manifest and show and move yourself and move through and show yourself strong through. So, Father God, we respond. We respond to the things that you're trying to show us. You're trying to, you've been trying to show us for this for, for generations. You've talked about in your word, people who are full of faith and are full of the word and full of the spirit. And now, now Father God, we recognize that. We, 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 we begin to respond and we want to be that people. We say, yes, Lord, I'm going to take the limitations off. I'm not going to limit you anymore. I'm not going to put all the restrictions on anymore. I'm going to just let go of all that baggage of unbelief and doubt. And I'm going to just start getting saturated more and more in you, in the word, in the spirit of God to position myself to be a vessel that you can do whatever you want through in Jesus name. Amen. God bless you. Thank you all very much. And uh, we will see you again <clears throat> next week at the same time. I've lost my ending video. It's there somewhere. I think it might be that one. <laughs>